What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Houston Open. And before we look ahead, let's look back for just one second because it was an absolute great victory for Victor Hovland in Mayakoba last week, not only becoming the first guy to ever win Mayakoba twice, but he did it in back-to-back years, successfully defending his title. Uh, you guys know that I'm, I I think so highly of Victor, not only on and off the course. There was a, an, an interview or a podcast that we did together um, you know, a week before the week before last, you can go back and check that out. He talks about uh, his mindset heading into uh, the title defense and everything like that. But absolutely stoked for him and absolutely stoked for the entire industry because the number uh, – I can't even shout out two or three people because the number of winning lineups, winning bets uh, that, that we had on Victor Hovland seems uh, – infinite. So I'm stoked that everyone was able to uh, get a piece of that victory. Thanks to Victor. Uh, Let's turn our attention this week to the Houston open. Uh, Interesting course, newish course, good little field. I'm excited for it. Let's go. Everything that you see will come from my website, rickrungood.com. Highly encourage you to check it out, to subscribe. Uh, I love it. I'm sure you will too. This is the Course Key Stats page. So this is a statistical model uh, that helps identify the types of golfers that are going to have success at every single course. Memorial Park is a new course. We've only played there once. Last year was the first time we've ever played there. So you do have to take the stats with a little bit of a grain of salt because you have to understand there's a sample size issue here compared to going to the same course every year for a dozen years. But there's a couple of unique features to Memorial Park. Um, The fact that it's 7,400 yards, the fact that uh, the rough is generally pretty penal, the the fact that uh, these par fives aren't all that gettable as we normally see on the PGA Tour. It was Carlos Ortiz last year who won this at 13 under par. Obviously, Weather conditions drive a lot of the scoring on the PGA Tour, but I think we're looking towards something like that again. There's probably going to be a lot of holes where par will be a good score. That's not something we saw necessarily in Mayakoba, not something we saw necessarily uh, at Bermuda for the majority of it outside of of the windy days. So this is a little bit of a, a historically in one year more difficult event. Uh, driving accuracy continues. We're, we're on this on this run of accurate golfers com- coming up in the uh, correlated key stats model. Driving accuracy ranks 15th out of 110 golf courses. It's not the only way to get there. Obviously, the rough being penal is certainly important, and driving distance is uh, about an average stat. The one that jumps off the screen to me, uh, strokes gain putting and strokes gain total. So strokes gain total ranks 20th out of 110. Again, it's only one year, but the idea is this this might be a stretch, but the idea is that the better players are going to play well at Memorial Park. You also see this type of ranking for more difficult golf courses for major championships. I am not saying the Houston Open is a major championship, but when when scoring is more difficult, the cream tends to rise to the top. That's what you see at major championships. Again, 13 under par, it's going to be a little difficult. And then strokes gained putting actually ranked fifth out of 110 courses on the PGA Tour, meaning that there are only four other courses on the PGA Tour uh, kind of historically in the last decade or so that uh, strokes gained putting was more correlated to success than here at Memorial Park. Again, one year, take it for what it's worth. But if we just scroll down and see the types of golfers that this should fit, 
No surprise to see Sung J.M. and Sam Burns kind of stand alone here if you're using uh, the last 24 rounds. So we'll dive more into that in a second, but this is generally the profile of golfer that we are looking for this week. Here is the cheat sheet for the Houston Open. And before I jump into this, uh, let me give out a couple of subscriptions here. So these are based on last week's video. Uh, Kevin Keith, congratulations, and Riot Veld. Congratulations. I have drawn your names for a subscription to rickrungood.com. If you want to be like those two, you want to join the community, you want to be part of the Slack channel, you want to get a membership to rickrungood.com, there are two ways to do it. Number one, like the video. You should do that anyway. It's free. It costs you nothing. It helps me a lot. Uh, make sure you're subscribed and comment below with who you think is going to win the Houston Open. Very simple way to do it if you're on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, you want to head, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review, say something nice about the show, leave me your Twitter handle. That is another entry, and I will draw that in a couple of days, and I will announce the winners next week. Also, the Wednesday live chat this week, 3 p.m. Eastern time, might have a little bit of an announcement there. Not, nothing groundbreaking. Don't worry. Don't 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 freak out. But probably something you'll be interested in. Hoping to have that available to you on Wednesday. Fingers crossed. Here is the cheat sheet, and there are for a second week in a row. Second week in a row, maybe. Yeah, I think second week in a row. We've got like seven golfers over $10,000. We're seeing this kind of top-heavy composition of the player pool. So it's Sam Burns, Scotty Scheffler, Sung J.M., Tony Finau, Matthew Wolf, Cameron Smith, Terrell Hatton, and that's it. I almost said Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka is not in the 10K range. We'll get to him in the 9K range. Let's start at the top here. I, I, I must admit to you, all signs point to Sam Burns. He's 11,100. There's a million ways we can break this down. Ooh, look at the golfer profile page. You know, I always defaulted. I don't know if you guys realize this. I think a, sh a shocking amount of you don't realize that I default this to whoever won the tournament last week, right? Looks really good with Victor Hovland there at the top. Let's look at Sam Burns. Um, and I'm going to try to do this a couple of different ways. Let's start with... Oh, boy. All right, let's go to the Holy Grail. Let's go to the stats page. Oh, I'm already there. Last 24 rounds. Last 24 rounds. Sam Burns averaging 2.14 strokes gained per round. It's the best in the field. Him and Sung JM are the only two over two strokes gained per round. Uh, so what does that say? Well, it means he's playing well at the moment. It means he's playing better than anybody else in recent form. Uh, if you look at uh, what those results have come in as a win at Sanderson, T5 at Summit Club. He has not finished outside 21st in his last seven starts. So even those 24 rounds, that's only six starts. That doesn't even count his T2 at the FedEx St. Jude, right? So if I go back 28 rounds, numbers probably get even better. Um, that's kind of point number two. Point number three, we're going back to Bermuda grass, which is... Just, uh, this is where he thrives, on Bermuda grass greens. If you go to the Holy Grail, if you go to strokes gained by tournament, if you go to uh, more filters, and we just click Bermuda grass, so these are all the events on Bermuda grass greens, click on Sam Burns' name, his last, let's see, five starts on Bermuda, win, 18th, runner-up, win, and then T4, that last one, the T4 was the Zurich Classic, that was the partner event with Billy Horschel. So you can leave it out, include it. I don't really care what you do, but this, this is the surface for Sam Burns. You guys know, if you follow along uh, weekly, how high I am on this guy. I think it's the year of Sam Burns. I think he's just going to be a breakout star. He, he's got all the tangibles and 
there's going to be nothing that stops me from getting exposure to Sam Burns this week. When I look at the rest of this range, I think um, I kind of throw Scotty Scheffler and Matthew Wolf into a little bit of a, of, a, of a similar boat here. Very high upside, kind of volatile, might play themselves into it, might play themselves out of it. Scotty Scheffler's been, uh, I believe, a little bit better. Matthew Wolf, we have not seen really um, the off the tee play uh, that I would like, at least on paper, because for the last couple of weeks we haven't had the um, the strokes gain metrics that I would like that I would like to see, but. He's obviously playing better. He just needs to put all four rounds together. A um, couple of other interesting things here. So I think it's Sung Jay and Sam Burns for me. Uh, not only are they playing the best coming in, Sung Jay won at Shriners, followed it up with a ninth place finish at the CJ Cup, um, all that good stuff. I just look at the rest of this, uh, the rest of this 10K range, and I don't get too excited. Cam Smith appears early on a Monday to be your leverage play of the week. Uh, let's let me pull this up real quick. So here's Cam Smith, and what you'll note is we've only seen him twice since September 5th. Twice in the last two months. So he played the Tour Championship, and the only event he has played this season was Summit Club. And he finished T9 there, great on approach play, great putter. Um, He's still in the midst of this pretty good stride. I mean, he doesn't play a lot right? Doesn't play a lot. Uh, 33rd at the Open Championship, 10th at the Olympics, 5th at St. Jude, 2nd at the Northern Trust, and then a 34th, a 14th, and that 9th that I was referencing. So he's playing well enough. Um, If you go to kind of like last, like what did did I have up here on the Holy Grail? I had last 24 rounds. You're going to see Cam Smith's like the third best player in this field behind Sung Jae and Sam Burns. And I don't think people are going to realize that, or I just don't think they're going to remember that. And they're going to opt for Wolf, who's kind of the flavor of the month. They're going to go up to Sam Burns. They're going to go to Scotty Scheffler. They'll go to Sung Jae M. And it just feels like Smith is the forgotten man in the 10K range. So we'll see, especially when we get to the, the Wednesday live chat, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel, what Cam Smith's projected ownership is. I just have a feeling he's going to be the overlooked one here. And I think that's probably a mistake. Pretty fascinating little 9K range here. Uh, Brooks Kepka at the top along with Adam Scott, Joaquin Neiman, then Taylor Gooch, Aaron Wise, Carlos Ortiz, and Patrick Reed rounding out the 9K range. Uh, let's talk Brooks Kepka. Let's be real. This course, I mean, it's it's a pretty big course, right? Par 70, 7,400 yards. Uh, let's let's go to the Holy Grail and, and kind of look for those types of courses. They're probably going to be major championships. I've imag- I imagine when I filter this, I think we're going to see Brooks Kepka kind of pop up near the top. Let's see what happens. So we'll do uh, par 70, and we'll just say 70, 7250 or more. Should I go all the way to 74? I don't know how many events we're going to have if I go all the way to 74. Let's do 7400. How many events do I have for this? Yeah, it's not a heck of a whole lot. Let's do 7250 or better. And again, you can you can draw the line anywhere you want. But par 70, 7250 yards or longer. Sort by strokes gain total. There he is. Yeah. So a couple of names. Matthew Wolf, he, he only has 12 rounds. He has a runner-up finish at the 2020 U.S. Open, a T16 at the BMW Championship, and a T4 at the PGA Championship. Taylor Pendrith also here. That's only four rounds. That's his T23 at the 2020 U.S. Open. But here's the man with a lot of rounds, basically more rounds than anybody, Brooks Kepka, gaining a stroke and a half per round. Uh, he has never missed a cut in these type of situations. Let's see what his worst one is. Well, I shouldn't. Okay. So 
Maybe I shouldn't use the cut example. So he's played 11 events in uh, in his career on par 70s that are 7,200 yards or longer. And um, he's got two wins, a U.S. Open and PGA Championship, a fourth the Byron Nelson. His the, Eight of them, he has gained strokes on the field. Uh, he was horrible at the Tour Championship, finished T18 there. That's obviously very, very wonky because it's the Tour Championship. There's only 30 people. And then again, the Tour Championship the, the, the a couple of years after. So really, it, uh, maybe it's just Eastlake that is Brooks's kryptonite, not necessarily these types of courses. But that is um, noteworthy. And when you look at kind of everyone else in this 9K range, um, which we can which we can do right. Here's the 9K guys. He is about a half a stroke better than anybody else. A little bit less. Aaron Wise pops up next, which is always very exciting for me because I'm an Aaron Wise truther, and I'll just you know go to the grave uh, like that as of right now, as long as he continues to to putt well. But it is it is noteworthy, um, and I'm not necessarily a blindly bet Brooks Kepka guy, but. This is not a this is not a bad place to blindly bet him, right? I I think I can give him one crack here and 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 probably reassess later. I I I might be enticed to if Sam Burns wasn't living in the 10K range, I, I might be enticed to start in the nines. You know, Joaquin Neiman, who was definitely underpriced last week, which we knew, finishes fifth in Mayakoba. He's 9,500, so he gets a pretty significant boost, but it's still probably not enough. Taylor Gooch, 93. This is fascinating to me, right? The Taylor Gooch stuff. So uh, again, we don't have the full breakdown of strokes gate metrics, but we do know what Gooch does well, and he's a great approach player. Um, struggled on Sunday. In fact, was in the final group with Victor on Sunday, shoots like three over, finishes T11. A lot of people are, this is a, a, such an interesting thing for, for, for fantasy golf where people are going to say that was a disappointing week for Gooch. And while he might feel that way, if you, if you got a T10 from, or a T11 from Gooch before the week started, you'd probably be pretty thrilled. Uh, so now his last four starts this season, Fortinet fourth, Shriners 11th, Summit Club fifth, Mayakoba 11th. It's a thing guys. It's a th- Gooch is very good. He's very, very good. He flashed some of this last year. He'll continue to knock on the door. He'll continue to, um, you know, try to figure it out on, on Sundays. What is, what has he done at the Houston open here? He's played it twice. I believe three times last two fourth and fourth. I mean, I, I could live in this nine K range. Uh, Aaron Wise, I talk about on a weekly basis. I don't think I need to continue the conversation. We're continuing to see good things. Another 15th place finish. He was out like a banshee on Thursday and Friday. Didn't play as well on the weekend. Again, 15th place finish. No problem. He's made the cut in his last three here. 11th last year. I'm just going to continue to fire him up. I love this 9K range. And then Carlos Ortiz, um, (laughs) like like you, look at this. I mean, you could get, you could get three guys in the 9K range that their five combined results in the last two years are 4th, 4th, 11th, win, and 4th. You could get that in the 9K range. And Carlos Ortiz is, is the last guy at 9,100 who looks like he's finally back in into form. He had been gaining strokes on approach in three straight before he withdraws uh, from the Zozo Championship, finishes uh, runner-up uh, last week at Mayakoba, fourth and first here uh, in the last two years. I, I, I just, what is not to love? We are going to see... We're going to see the uh, the ownership come out, obviously, uh, in a day or so. But this is... 
it's a really fascinating range that I think we might want to be starting our lineups in, and I rarely say that. The $8,000 range, kind of exciting. Not Maybe not as exciting as the 9K range. If you believe in like long-term form, course fit, you would think that this is a Coke Rack smash spot, right? That's what I'm supposed to say. Coke Rack smash spot at $8,800. He has uh, objectively not been good. And unfortunately, he hasn't been good with the driver. That is something that has been a weapon for him for a really long time. But he has actually lost strokes off the tee in six of his last seven. Now, granted, five of those, he lost less than a stroke. So you could argue those are zeros. But he was really bad at the Summit Club the last time we saw him. Putted it well. That's not... That's noteworthy because I th- that's that's the weapon set for, for Kokrak, which is be very good off the tee and that magic putter that he found a year ago and just started making every like that would be that would be the path for him. That would be the path for Jason Kokrak. The the other thing is he's played this event before. He's not played this course before. So if people are just blindly throwing kind of tournament history into the model. I don't think like, I just think this is the best course or one of the better courses Kokrak could get, uh, even though the form isn't all that good. So I, I, I think he's a sneaky little 8,800. And then there's a couple of guys who, who score a lot of fantasy points, Bezadenho, uh, Maverick McNeely and, and Seamus power 86, 85 and 84. These guys are, are pretty significant, um, fantasy scores. So, so here is the, the fantasy leaderboard, from last week and what you'll notice here let's see so christian bezadenhout um gained 35 points on the field he scored 96 fantasy points so quick math the average was what 61 fantasy points um he scored more fantasy points than brendan todd who finished 11th even than seamus power who finished 11th um more than aaron rye who finished 15th um you know, listen, I, I think that there is a, a case to be made that these guys are, are pretty good fantasy scorers. So, Bezadenhout, let's see. Wise, or excuse me, McNeely finished 11th, gained 37.5 on the field. And uh, Seamus Power here, again, who Power is actually a pretty good example too, gained more points on the field than basically everybody who finished 20. Oh no, I guess he would have. Am I, am I, does my brain work this morning? He finished 11th. Of course, he scored more fantasy points than the guys in 22nd. I actually need to see, oh no, power actually wasn't that good then. Sorry, my brain is jumbled. Too much uh, victory uh, beverages uh, last night. So really, Bezadenhout is the one that stands out there, where he scored more points than guys that finished above him on the leaderboard. Whew, my goodness. I'm fascinated to find out what everyone does with Lonto Griffin. Uh, And I can pull up his golfer profile here, because you know it's going to be difficult for me to to really ever quit Lonto, but um, we've got two good finishes in a row now. He had a, he had a stretch of golf for a long time where he was not all that good. I mean, l- look at the stretch before this. Um, I'll cut him off at here, the Masters. Um, when he, actually, I'm going to cut him off at the match play. Do you remember the match play? He like gave away group stage. It was really, really ugly. Lost six and a half strokes on approach that week. He only played three matches, just like really ugly. So after that, he did not have a top 25 until this year's Shriners a couple weeks ago. That's seven months. And he plays a lot of golf. But now we have a T6 at the Shriners, a T7 at the Zozo Championship. His Shriners profile is the best version of Lonto. 
gain a ton on approach, gain a ton with the putter. That is perfect. We don't have the breakdown for the Zozo Championship. Now he goes back to an event that he's won, but he hasn't won here. So I want to go back to those long par 70s, and I just want to see kind of where Lonto fits into all of this. Do I still have this? Yes, par, par 70, 7,400. Okay, so Lonto would be here. 0.72 strokes gained per round. It's not bad. It's the top third of the field or so. Better than Adam Scott, notably more expensive. Better than Carlos Ortiz, historically. Better than Tringale, historically. So this is this is not all, all that bad. And whoops, sorry about that. And actually, uh, if you remove the first three times that he saw these courses, he hasn't missed a cut since. So his last six have... Five top six, uh, top 26 finishes, one top 10. This is it's kind of interesting, right? Kind of interesting. But as I scroll up here, um, you know, and before I leave this eight thousand dollar range, it, it was noteworthy that that Russell Henley has more rounds than Brooks Kepka on these long par 70s, has been almost as good. So, Russell Henley's played 13 events on the PGA tour on par seventies that are 7,250 yards or longer. He's never missed the cut. Um, it's pretty impressive. Actually, he's got a lot of really strong finishes here. One, two, three, four, four top tens out of 13 bunch more top 25s. It's not bad. I'd consider that. Not particularly thrilled with the $7,000 range. I think there's a continued case to be made for Mito. I think there's a continued case to be made for Johnny Vegas or forgiving Emiliano Grillo for one. I mean, really, it wasn't even a bad round. It was a bad nine holes that uh, forced him to miss the cut in Mayakoba. I think those are all okay plays. There, there might be a better argument to go back to Taylor Pendrith. $7,200 in the... Very small sample size that we have of metrics of him on tour. Uh, I think the fact that, um, you know, he can really move it off the tee is exciting. The fact that he's had one event to get over the close call or what some might describe as him, sh- him should have won in, in, in Bermuda. Now he gets a, a week off to kind of, or not a week off, but he, a couple of days off after missing the cut at Mayakoba to kind of get over that uh, and turn his attention back towards this event. I think that's probably the strongest case to be made. There's just not a lot of really strong options in this range. There's not a lot of golfers that uh, have even played Memorial. If they have, they haven't played it particularly well. Um, seventh place finish by Jason Day is probably the best finish in this range outside of that uh, seventh place finish with Mackenzie Hughes. But are you, are you really excited to play those guys? Maybe Hughes, right? Let's talk about Hughes. So fourth at the Zozo last time we saw him, 25th at the CJ Cup, 35th at Sanderson, and a top 10 here last year. Now he is kind of you know, different than the guys that I normally play because he's a little bit of a of a short game specialist is Mackenzie Hughes. And you can kind of see it in the metrics has not gained off the tee um, in in what is that? Jeez, oh, man, seven of eight, nine of ten, something like that approach is, is just as bad. He does a lot with uh, the putter and the short game, but he does tend to get it going on more difficult golf courses. Let's also look at this. Let's look at Mackenzie Hughes. Okay, I still have this loaded in. Mackenzie Hughes on long par 70s. 
He's okay. Recently, he's been good, actually. Last four are 14th, 20th, 10th. Nope, that's not his last four. I've got it sorted by strokes gain total. Now, I mean, it's it's fine. It's a mixed bag. It's a really mixed bag. Varner's been pretty good on these longer courses. Longer par 70s. Because you get a couple extra par 4s. Yeah, I'm I'm grasping here. It's a very difficult range. If I could avoid it, can I get three guys in the nines and maybe a couple guys in the sixes? Or I guess Pendrith at the bottom. But I, I mean, let me know what you think. You can tweet me at Rick Rungood or, or leave a comment below. This 7K range to me is very unappealing. Very difficult to try to find something. Um, we'll see if anybody pops up when we run, run a custom model here at the end. But let's move on down to the 6K. The 6K range is uh, a little bit more interesting. You know, Russell Knox missed the cut in Mayakoba last week. 12th place finish in Bermuda. Finished 15th here last year. Sahith Tagala back in the field. Always exciting to see what he's going to do. Um, Adam Long. Adam Long doing what Adam Long does. Didn't we talk about this last week? It was either going to be a missed cut or a top 25. Well, last week was a top 25, right? It's that boomer bust. And there are very specific spots to um, deploy Adam Long. I'm not sure this is necessarily the best spot for him, course fit-wise, but course history-wise, finished 11th last year. Now rolling with two top 25s in a row. Can you press your luck one more time or will Adam Long be a whammy? How about that? That was a pretty good one. Um, what else do we have here? There are signs of life from Denny McCarthy. Let's do a little bit of a deeper dive on, on Denny here. Everybody knows Denny McCarthy, when he's at his best, is one of the best putters on planet Earth. Uh, that certainly extends to Bermuda, where he is statistically like by far the best on Bermuda. Gains nearly a stroke per round on Bermuda. That's exciting. The fact that you are probably going to get him, let's see, Outside of the 14.5% that he was in Bermuda, he's like sub 4% ownership type of guy. And again, the, the signs of life. Uh, 15th place finish at Mayakoba. Okay, he makes the cut in Bermuda. Sanderson Farms, a couple of starts before that. T17. Starting to see some things from Denny, and he's still stuck at a really good price with a lot of upside, especially on this surface. That's exciting stuff. And you look at what he's done at this event. Well, last year it was a 38th. The year before that, 9th. I know it was not this golf course. And 43rd the year before that. Plenty of good vibes in Houston. Honorbon Lahiri, um, $6,500. I've actually been, believe it or not, I'm a sick man. I've been watching a lot of Honorbon recently. Followed him around at Shriners, so I've been kind of paying attention to what he's been doing. He feels closer to me, closer than kind of what the sentiment is. I mean, he played really well, I want to say for like three rounds at Mayakoba. I can pull this up real quick. It was the first two rounds. Yeah, he gained uh, five and a half strokes on the field over the first two rounds Lost a little bit on Saturday, lost more on Sunday. Uh, had a pop round. This is what I want. I followed him while he was around shooting the 64. That was a great round at Shriners where he gained 3.3 shots to the field on Thursday. So he's got a little bit of popping ability. I think he's playing better than maybe what some of these stats might indicate. So for him to be at $6,500 and no one, uh, absolutely no one is going to play him is a little bit exciting. Oh, also, remember how I've been saying recently that there is just a general lack of respect on Paul Barjan. Not that, listen, I, I like Paul. Not that he, I need to like throw a lot of respect on his name. But odds makers are really screwing this up. And it's probably not going to matter because he's not going to win. They're not going to get beat on this. But he is the min price $6,000 on DraftKings along with 
Martin Trainer, uh, who hasn't missed a cut or hasn't made a cut in who the heck knows how long. Kelly Kraft, same thing. Um, Paul Barjan is much better at golf than these guys. And it's probably not going to matter. He's going to be like 500 to one. He's not going to win. He should be like 150 to one. So it's not that big of a deal. But for a min price of $6,000, let's see what Paul Barjan has done. Has made the cut in his two starts this year, Fortinet and Sanderson Farms. I could stop there. If I just stopped there, you'd be like, okay, $6,000. He's made his last two cuts. I could do a hell of a lot worse. Start before that was on the Corn Ferry, finished fourth, made the cut in the start before that, also on the Corn Ferry. He had a win in May on the Corn Ferry Tour. I, I mean, he is just like much more competitive as a professional golfer than the guys that he is being priced at. And I really hate throwing guys under the bus. Here, here's Martin Trainer's player profile page. I, listen, Martin, I know it's it's hard. I know you're working hard, all that good stuff. But this is the same price for, for Martin Trainer, who has missed seven cuts in a row. He has made one out of his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, seven. He's made one cut in his last 18 starts. I, I'm still scrolling. He's He's, I mean... Guys, he's missed rough count like 45 of his last 50 cuts. I don't know if that's actually accurate, but it's probably pretty close to that. Um, that's the same price as Paul Barjon. So that is why it is difficult for me to get over the fact that he is priced incorrectly. And again, it won't matter because he should be like 6,800. It's not that big of a deal, but it is in my heart kind of a big deal. <laughs> All right, let's run a model and get out of here. Um, oof, boy. All right. So recent rounds, last 16, I feel like has been doing us pretty good. Actually, I've been kind of quoting 24 for a while, this video. Maybe I'll do 24. All right. What do we know? Well, a <sighs> couple of things. Um, I think you're going to have to be more accurate here than most weeks. So let's do a blended strokes gained off the tee. 20 on distance, 10 on accuracy. See what I did there? Um, because I do also think being a little bit, um, you know, in the fairway is going to help. Now I could go with birdie or better. I could go with scrambling. I could go with, um, a couple of different things here. This is kind of interesting. So I'll, I'll lean into the model a little bit and do 20 on putting, which again, I don't love. And I'll do 20 on approach, which leaves me with 30. I will do 30 probably on par four scoring because it is a par 70. Let's just see what this pumps out last 24 rounds for all of this. My golfers are, <laughs> yeah, come on. Oh boy. Sam Burns and Sam Burns by a pretty significant mile, right? So uh, Sam Burns is value 90.3. The next closest golfer is Sung JM 80.3, which is the same gap from Sung Jae to Emiliano Grillo, who is ninth on this list. So here's the top 10. Burns, M, Finau, Smith, Eric, Eric Van Royen always pops up here. Vegas, Cameron Tregali, Terrell Hatton, Emiliano Grillo, Hank Biota. Let me do a couple of things here. Let me adjust this to last 16 rounds or 12 rounds because um, that might be a hair more valuable. Let me re- kind of rerun, resort this. Okay. So we get a little bit of a shake up here. Yeah. Okay. So Burns is still one. Scheffler jumps up to four. 
Streelman breaks into the top 10. Gooch breaks into the top 10. Adam Shank breaks into the top 10. Power drops a little bit from 11 to 14. Eric Van Royen drops a lot from like 6th to 19th. Um, that's noteworthy. So you got to kind of figure out the best way you want to do this. If you want to go really, really recent, let's do this. Let's just do like, um, let's just do the last eight. Um, just all strokes gain total. Just see what happens here. Oh, Sam Burns still at the top. Uh, oh no, he's not. Sung JM. Sung JM. So because I've put them all into one into one spot, you're seeing uh, some pretty extremes here. But M. Wolf, Lanto, Lanto, Sheamus, and Chad Ramey. There's a name we didn't talk about. So a lot of different ways you can use this custom model, um, which I will continue to mess around with for the rest of the week. But there you go. We are in Houston. We've got a big boy course. Pretty decent field. Things you love to see. Tweet me at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.